This message is provided by Bridgeway Community Church. Thanks for tuning in. Samuel Clemens, better known as Mark Twain, is a name that is well known to many of us here. Stories about Huckleberry Finn and Mark Stories of great charm and wit. Twain could communicate important insights in a way that won him many, many admirers. On one of his trips abroad, the Emperor of Germany sent an invitation for Twain to visit him at his palace to meet the royal family. When Twain's seven year old daughter heard about it, she said, Oh, daddy, you know almost everybody in the whole wide world. Everybody that is, except God. Everybody except God. Out of the mouth of babes, as they say, right? Our lesson for this morning contains an invitation for us to know God. But before we get to that, let's do a little uh, background on this story. Once upon a time, according to 1 Samuel, once upon a time there was a man who was named Elkanah. And Elkanah had two wives. That makes an interesting story right from the start, doesn't it? Hmm? The two wives were named Peninnah and Hannah. Now, Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. And this was the cause of, of great friction between the two of them. You see, in those days, women were valued primarily for their fertility, for their ability to have children. And a barren wife, a wife who had no children, was considered a liability. And thus, Peninnah, being a bit catty, never let Hannah forget that she, Peninnah, had given Elkanah several children, while Hannah had given him none. Well, Hannah's despair grew so great over this that she wept and refused to eat anything. Elkanah tried to comfort Hannah, reassuring her of his love. But even that did not fill the void. It did not fill that, that sense of emptiness and failure that Hannah felt. In her own eyes and in the eyes of her society, Hannah was a failure because she didn't have any children. But being a deeply religious woman, Hannah took her problem and her despair to God. When she arrived at the temple at Shiloh, she knelt to pray, and Eli the priest was there. Eli saw Hannah weeping bitterly, and after some confusion about that at the beginning, and after hearing her story, and hearing that Hannah had promised God that if God would give her a son, Hannah would give the boy fully to God, the old priest blessed Hannah saying, go in peace. Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you your request. 
Well, within the next year, Samuel was born. An answer to his mother's devout prayer. When Samuel was three years old, Hannah remembered her promise to God. And she brought young Samuel to the temple and left him with Eli, the priest. Eli raised Samuel as his own son. And once a year, Hannah would go see her son and would bring him gifts that she had made for him. Of course, there's much, much more to that wonderful story. But I wanted to refresh your memory and to set the scene, the scene for today's lesson. That, that critical night in Samuel's life when he first came to know God. That critical night when God first became real for Samuel. Listen to today's lesson from chapter 3 of Samuel. If you'd like to follow along, you're welcome to. This lesson is a compilation I have here from four different translations. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. When the boy Samuel was serving the Lord under the direction of Eli the priest, there were very few messages from the Lord. And visions from the Lord were very rare. One night, Eli, who was now almost blind, was sleeping in his own room. The sanctuary lamp of God had not gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the temple, near the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel jumped up and ran to the old priest. Yes, sir, he said, you called me. Here I am. Eli said, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel went back to bed. Then the Lord called again. Samuel, Samuel. Once again, Samuel jumped up and ran to the old priest. Yes, sir, he said, you called me. Here I am. But again, Eli answered, no, my son, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel went back to bed. Now all of this happened before Samuel knew God for himself. For the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Then the Lord called a third time. Samuel, Samuel. Once again, Samuel jumped up and ran to Eli, the priest. Yes, sir, he said. You called me. Here I am. Then it dawned upon Eli. He realized that it was the Lord who was calling Samuel. So Eli said to the boy, go back to bed. And if the voice calls you again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. Then the Lord came and called, just as he had before. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Great story, isn't it? The question is, however, can you remember a time like that in your life? 
a time when God became so real for you? Can you remember? For some of you, it happened at a youth rally, didn't it? For others of you, it happened at, at a church camp or through a Sunday school class or through a small group. For some of you, it, it happened through a parent or a grandparent, a girlfriend or a boyfriend. The point is, whenever it happened for you, however it happened for you, what's important is that it happened. God spoke to you in a very real way. And no longer was, was, was God just a story in a dusty old book. No. Now God was real. Very real. In Samuel's case, he was still a boy. He was lying in his bed, remember? When suddenly he heard a voice. Samuel. Samuel. And thinking that Eli had called him, Samuel ran to the old priest and said, Yes, sir, you called me. Here I am. But Eli had not called Samuel. And so he sent him back to bed. This, this happened two more times, didn't it? And finally, after the third time, it begins to dawn on the old priest that the voice Samuel was hearing was the voice of God. And so this time, Eli tells Samuel, go lie down. And if the voice calls you again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Can you even begin to imagine how excited, how scared, how confused young Samuel must have felt at this point? But he went and lay down, didn't he? And he waited. And he waited. And then the voice came again. Samuel. Samuel. And with his heart racing and his body rigid with uncertainty, Samuel answered, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And God did speak. Hmm. God did speak words that changed Samuel's life forever. My friends, I, I pray that you came here this morning not just out of habit. Hmm? I pray that you came here this morning not just out of loyalty to the Bridgeway Church. I pray that you came here this morning not just because of some family member or friend who invited you. No. I pray instead that you came here this morning with the intention of listening to God speak to you. I pray that you came with a spirit of expectancy, knowing that today could indeed be a life-changing experience for you. After all, that does happen from time to time, doesn't it? People who have been spiritually blind for years can suddenly see. People who have been sitting in darkness their whole life long can suddenly see a light. 
People who have known nothing but defeat after defeat after defeat are suddenly aware of a great victory in their life. By God's amazing grace, through Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, it has happened to others. And by God's amazing grace, through Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, it can also happen to you. Just like it did to young Samuel. And just like Samuel, three things must be present for us to come to know God. Three things must be present. First of all, we must have a believing heart of faith. A believing heart of faith. All of us know that life can make us cynical, can't it? That's why Jesus said it was easier for children to experience the kingdom of God than for us shell-shocked adults. I mean, so often our lives become encrusted, don't they? Encrusted with layers of negative experiences. Encrusted with layers of self-serving rationalizations. Encrusted with layers of unrealized expectations. Our lives become encrusted. Hard to break through. Sad, but true. Samuel, at this stage in his life, was more open to God's leading than perhaps he would have been later on in his life. And obviously, this has much to say to us about the importance of the many children's and youth ministries within this church. Ministries such as the J-Seekers, the Bridgeway Student Ministries, Vacation Bible School, Activity Times, Mission Trips, Retreats, Church Camp Experiences, and the list goes on and on. But the truth is that none of us are too old to have a believing heart of faith. Faith is, is simply a matter of, of letting go and trusting God. Letting go and trusting God. It's like the story of the man who descended into a deep, dark, dry well by sliding down a rope. A rope which was supposed to be long enough to let him reach the bottom of the well safely. But to the man's dismay, he came to the end of the rope before his feet touched the dark bottom of the well. And as the man hung there, he realized that he didn't have enough strength to climb back up the rope. And he was afraid. Afraid of letting go and dropping, not knowing how far down the bottom of the well was. And so he held on tightly with all of his might. He held on tightly until all of his strength was, was gone. And then he dropped. He dropped down to the bottom of the well, which was just three inches below his feet. Three inches to the safe rock bottom. Some of us, my friends, some of us are just like that man. We're just three inches 
from fully trusting God, aren't we? We're just three inches from that closer relationship with him. We're just three inches from singing and meaning the songs that the praise team led us in. Putting our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ. Trusting in God to be the one to be there with us and for us all the time. We're just three inches away from safety. But instead of having that trust, instead of having that closer relationship, instead of walking with him, we're using all of our energy, all of our time, all of our talents and gifts to hang on tightly. To hang on tightly to our doubts and our fears. It's not working, is it? You see, before we can hear God speak in our lives, before we can know him as, as Lord, Savior, and King, before he can become real to us, we, like Samuel, must have a believing heart of faith. Secondly, if we want to know God the way Samuel did, we must also have a listening ear. A listening ear. Just as Eli, the priest, advised Samuel to lie down and listen. Listen. So, too, we must listen for God in our life. Back in 1903, there was a young man who saw a help wanted ad for a telegraph operator. The young man had studied Morse code at home while he was unemployed. And so he decided to try out for the job. His heart sank, however, as he entered the waiting room. For the room was full of other men, all seeking that same one job. All the chairs were taken. Men were standing up against the wall. So the young man found a corner and sat down on the floor, feeling helpless, feeling dejected. Suddenly, however, he jumped to his feet and ran into the manager's office. And within a few minutes, the manager appeared at the door, announcing to all the others that the job had been filled by this young man. One of the other men, who had been patiently waiting all morning for an interview, asked the manager, uh, so what did this guy say that landed him the job? After all, he was the last one here. What did he say? And the manager replied, it was nothing that he said. You see, all morning, I've been tapping out a message on my office door in Morse code. The message was, if you can understand this message, come on in. You're hired. All of you, said the manager, all of you heard the noise. But this young man was the only one who truly listened. Likewise, it's got to be frustrating for God to try and speak to us when we simply won't listen. When we won't take the time 
to listen. In truth, God has already been speaking to you this morning through our, our songs that the praise team led us in, through our prayer time, through the sharing of his holy word, through the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. God has already been speaking. But how many of us have been truly listening? If we want God to speak to us, we have to be willing to be quiet, to listen. We must have that listening ear. Thirdly, if you want to know God the way that Samuel did, uh, we must have obedient hands. Obedient hands. Remember when Samuel went back to bed and waited for God to speak. And finally, God did speak. What did Samuel say? Remember? He said, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Your servant. One of the reasons that many of us refuse to give in to the impulse of faith one reason that many of us refuse to follow God's voice in our life, one reason that many of us refuse to be truly a disciple of Jesus Christ is that such a step would lead to the total commitment of our life to him. Not just our Sunday morning life, not just our daily devotional time life, but our total life to God in his service committing ourselves completely to him. And quite frankly, that scares many of us, doesn't it? We couldn't stand not being in charge of our whole life. But isn't that what being a faithful, committed disciple of Jesus Christ is all about? Not being in charge? Following the leading of the Holy Spirit? Back in 1947, 74 years ago, there was a missionary who was home on leave in Chicago. Sitting by her second story window, she opened her mail, one letter, and to her surprise, a crisp $20 bill fell out. Now, 74 years ago, in 1947, that was a lot of money, a $20 bill. The missionary was pleasantly surprised. But then, uh, sitting by that window, she noticed a shabbily dressed man in the street below. And thinking that he must be in greater financial distress than herself, and remembering how Jesus told his followers to help those who were in need, and that it's more blessed to give than to receive, the missionary slipped the $20 bill into an envelope and wrote, don't despair on the outside. Then she threw the envelope out the window to the man down below. The man picked up the envelope, read it, looked up and smiled, and then tipping his hat, he walked away. The next day there was a knock on the missionary's door. Opening the door, she saw the same shabbily dressed man and smiling, he handed her a large roll of money. 
what's this all about? She asked. Well, said the man, this is, this is the money that you won. Your horse, don't despair, paid 15 to 1. <laughs> True story, friends. Now, obviously, obviously an act of Christian love, an act of Christian service, an act of Christian commitment doesn't always pay off 15 to 1. Sometimes it's much, much more than that isn't it? And that's what obedient hands are all about. Obedient hands, as some of you well know. You see, Samuel had a believing heart of faith. He had a listening ear for God's voice in his life. He had obedient hands for doing God's work and for being God's servant. And thus Samuel became one of the greatest prophets of the Bible. And the truth is, friends, we can live just like Samuel. We don't have to dangle helplessly three inches from the ground. For we can have a believing heart of faith. And we don't have to be overwhelmed by the noise and the racket of the world. For we can also have a listening ear. Listening for God's voice. Listening for the Spirit guiding and directing us through life. And we don't have to be trying to run our own life. We don't have to try being in charge of our life all the time. Instead, we, like young Samuel, can be obedient servants of Christ. Saying, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, your servant will obey. And that's our challenge, isn't it? To believe, to listen, and to obey. Three simple steps of faith that can lead to a lifetime of knowing and loving God. And which can lead to a lifetime of being known and being loved by God. Quite frankly, what could be better than that? As the praise team comes forward, I'm asking you to think about your own life. Do you have, do you have questions, struggles, doubts about that, that believing heart of faith? About what it means to have that listening ear for God in your life? about what it means to have obedient hands, saying, here I am, Lord. Take me, I'm yours. The pastors of this church, the elders of this church, would love to sit down with you to hear your story, to have some prayer time, to lead and guide you toward that believing heart of faith. To lead and guide you toward that, that listening ear for God in your life. To lead and guide you to having obedient hands. We don't need to be dangling in the dark anymore. 
help is here. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, help is here. Would you bow with me? Precious Lord, help us indeed to be those who have that believing heart of faith, to be those who have that listening ear for you, Lord, and to have obedient hands to do your work, to be your faithful servants in all that we do and all that we share. May honor and glory be brought to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Check out our app or website at bridgewaycommunity.org for more messages or to take the sermon one step deeper by downloading the Sermon Discussion Guide.